So yet again, this week, we continue to hear uh, about Jesus' parables. He's giving parables to the scribes and the Pharisees, parables on the kingdom of heaven. A lot we can draw from this, as you're hearing it probably being proclaimed by Deacon Mike, bizarre, weird, a lot of things in this parable. We just want to draw two things from it. Understanding inclusivity and the real invitation. So first, understanding inclusivity. Inclusivity has been, you know, turned into kind of a, a buzzword as of late, the last couple of years. You can't go very long without hearing the word inclusive, whether it's in your business or I'm sure at school, corporate America, inclusivity. But what does being inclusive actually mean in the context of God? What does it mean in the context of the church? Is God inclusive would be a question. What does it mean to say, if he is, what does it mean to say he is? We hear the king dispatched his servants to summon the invited guests to a feast. So, so again, real quick, this parable, the king, we could say is God. He's throwing a wedding feast, a banquet, a wedding banquet for his son, the bridegroom, Jesus. And so he sends out his servants to invite people to the wedding banquet to come. But we hear the responses, they refuse to come. And so the king says, no, 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 like, like I, I, I want to fill this. I, like, I want to share this, this banquet, this feast with everyone. So he, he sends out the servants again. It's almost as if the servants get to the people and they say, you don't understand. Like, you don't have to do any work. Everything's prepared. And the feast that is set up, that's provided for, that you're invited to, it's unlike any feast that you've ever seen before. You've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. Just come. You're invited. And the text says that some ignored. Some didn't just ignore. They mistreated those that invited them and even killed them. And so the king again sends out servants to go out. And he says, now this time, go out to the main highways, collect anybody who passes from the highways, bring the good, the bad alike. There's no distinction between the good and bad alike. All are welcome, all are included. And the text says, finally, that the banquet then was filled. It was filled to the rafters. The place, the ba banquet feast was filled. The invitation went to everyone. Now it's like, I wish the parable ended there. It could be a nice story about God throwing a party. The invitation goes to everyone. Everyone's welcome. It falls right in line with the fashionable word of being inclusive today. But we can't end there because the parable doesn't end there. We have this uncomfortable closing that we'd rather not deal with. We hear the banquet's filled up and the king comes and kind of probably just to say hi, to welcome, to shake hands with all the people that are there. And all of a sudden he sees a man that's not dressed in the wedding garment. And he says, where's your wedding garment? And the man, ultimately he is tied up with his hands and feet and he's cast out in the darkness. It's like, really? For wearing the wrong clothes? What's the point? All are welcome. All are welcome to the party. All are, in, are welcome to the kingdom. 
but it's on God's terms, not our own. See, you can't get more inclusive than God. Who's invited? Everyone's invited. The good and bad alike, there's no distinction with their worthiness. Everyone's invited. It doesn't matter your past. It doesn't matter the things and the mistakes that you've made. It doesn't matter the current struggles that you have. It doesn't matter. I'm running up to you and I'm giving you the invite. Come to the feast that just, you can't imagine that quenches your thirst, your, the nourishment your, for peace and for joy, for happiness. You're invited. It doesn't matter your past. All are welcome. Everyone gets the invite. You just have to come. but it's not a come as you are party. What's the great slogan today? You're fine just the way you are. See, but inclusivity, when someone seeks to be part of a group, or, you know, or, or, or a society of any kind, they're seeking to be part of something that's defined, that has boundaries, Otherwise, there would be no inclusion. The group would lose any significance. There would be nothing to, like, it, it would just, there'd be nothing to invite to. The inclusivity of the Lord was always accompanied by his call to conversion. The Lord's inclu inclusivity was always accompanied with his call for conversion. That's what the wedding garment stands for. It, it stands for the change of mind, the change of heart, the transformation, the conversion. It's our response to the invitation. Like the question to ask ourselves, because here's the reality, every one of us has received the invitation. In fact, that we've even come here, got in the car, and we're at the wedding banquet here. The question is, am I wearing the garment as I'm here? Do I have the, do I have the garment on? Maybe I've had it on and I've taken it off or I've just gotten tired. Am I wearing the garment? Have I experienced maybe especially in those prickling areas that I think about or that's in my heart? Have, in what areas have I not experienced the change of heart and the change of mind and the conversion and the transformation? All I have to do, the invite's there. Even if I don't have the garment on today, he's inviting still. Notice how he continues to pursue that man. Because here's the text. The response of the king when he goes up, he doesn't just say, oh, you don't have the, you don't, you don't have the garment on, like be gone. What's it say? The king says, my friend. There's tenderness there. My friend, how is it that you came here without a wedding garment? Like it's, in other words, the king is like giving him the benefit of the doubt. It's almost like, did you forget it at home? Was it dirty? Did you just like, did you forget it? Like I, I got more, I got more in the back. I, I, I can go get one for you. But the response it says, the text says, is that he, he didn't respond. He was just reduced to silence. He didn't want it. He couldn't respond with love. He didn't want to convert. He didn't want to change. And so he was reduced to silence. And then he was bound up and cast out in the darkness. To enter into the feast, we've got to lay our ego to the side. We've got to lay our pride to the side. And we've got to completely surrender to him. All are welcome. 
Which brings us here lastly to the real invitation, which is, I think, the point of the whole parable. It's hidden. This real invitation, it's hidden, but it really covers the entire parable. The king throws the wedding for his son. Who's the son? The bridegroom. It's Christ. Where's the bride in the story? No, the bride wasn't mentioned at all. Yeah, she was throughout the whole thing. The guests who are invited to the wedding, they're the bride. They're being invited to their own wedding. Marriage is the prime example and metaphor that used in the scriptures for intimacy, for, for deep union with God, of a deep sharing of life. The gospel, the good news, is the fact that God became flesh, became man, the one who created the universe, the one who created each one of the guests, he became flesh so as to wed himself to us. See, that's the love, entering into and experiencing that. That's the love that allows me to experience a change of mind, a change of heart and conversion. It's the fact that he went to the cross to die for my sin, my struggles, the things where my mind's way over here with that and over here and I, and I have a hostility and my ego's over here and my pride's over here. It's he went to the cross to wed himself to us and to share his love. The guests that are receiving the invite, they're the bride. You and I are the bride. All we have to do is respond to the invitation to say, I'm in, I surrender, I'm yours. I'm laying my ego to the side. I'm laying my pride to the side. I want in. It just needs to be not at our terms, but under his terms.